When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, welcome to Telling Everybody Everything, the podcast that has become an absolute nightmare for me. Why? Because it's supposed to be very private. I started this podcast and didn't really tell anyone. I thought the people who deserve to listen to it will find it. I consider us all to be close personal friends, and now it is listened to by journalists. And I say journalists, but the style of online tabloid journalism now is to copy-paste stuff from social media and people's podcasts. I don't mind, because I stay up late sometimes. After feeding Fred at 3 a.m., I can't get back to sleep. I scroll through my phone, and I want to read some mindless bullshit about nothing. Uh, I find it entertaining, soothing. It's like a meditative, relaxing process. And so if someone wants to chop up bits of my podcast and put it in the mail online. I mean, that's fine. Although last week, my podcast was about a fire on the roof that could have killed my family. And instead, they decided to take one bit where I talked about the neighbor's balcony. I was trying to explain the rules about our balconies. And I said, oh, by the way, the neighbors have an illegal erection and a balcony that's not allowed. Um, And it looks into my property. Well, this went online and I got loads of comments like, how dare you complain that your neighbor's balcony looks into your swimming pool when there's a war in Ukraine? You're a terrible... Well, first of all, I don't actually have neighbors. Catherine's locked into a dispute with her neighbors. Catherine enjoys a weekend in Los Angeles to get away from the terrible conflict with her neighbors. No one has moved into that house. It is an empty house but they keep doing special things to it, I suppose, to try to increase its value and sell it. They do not have planning permission for the balcony, which prejudices our property. And I want to get it sorted with the council before someone moves in because there are builders out there. I know it's illegal. Thank you, Ryerson University Urban and Regional Planning. And that's all I was talking about. I mean, I'm not in a dispute with anyone. I'm just saying that I don't feel bad. The builder has taken the piss. Anyway, Uh, Lo and behold, I take Fred out into the garden to look at the birds, and the doors to their balcony are boarded up. So, at the end of the day, thanks Daily Mail, because I wasn't trying to complain or cause a fuss, but my little planning dispute received enough attention that I feel like it's sorted now. Although, you could always be a new owner and just take that boarding down. Ultimately, I don't care that much. I would say I'm not a petty person. I am crystal clear on the things that matter in life versus the things which don't. And I wish I could say the same 
for celebrities in the American legal battle news media. Holy crow. It's not just Americans, actually. So the first legal dispute that I was entertained by, though I don't really know enough about, was Black China v. the Kardashian family. To summarize, Black China is a, I'm not exactly sure what you would call her. She's like an American personality, former exotic dancer. I think she has a successful OnlyFans. It is not clear to me. She does club appearances. I think she's maybe involved in sex work, though I can't confirm that. It definitely seems like it. Uh, Whatever version of sort of entertainment slash booty shaking OnlyFans, I, I think maybe she just has a roster of rich men. Maybe that's not sex work, but maybe she just has uh, admirers who pay for her lifestyle. I don't know. What I do know is she is the gold digger that I respect and hold in higher esteem than Anna Nicole Smith, than probably any gold digger that I could name. Anna Nicole Smith, you might remember, was a young woman married to octogenarian J. Howard Marshall. He died in his 90s. She wore her wedding dress to his funeral. He was a rich, rich, rich Texas oil man whom she met while he was a patron of the exotic dance club where she worked. They fell in love. The rest is history. Sadly, Anna Nicole Smith has now passed away, so perhaps they're reunited in heaven. She had to go and marry an old, old, old ass man to make that type of cash. And she fought for every penny that his children were trying to keep from her. And I'm glad that she won. Anna Nicole Smith walked so Black China could run. Black China looked around and she already had a baby with a musician, Tyga, whom you might remember because he started dating Kylie Jenner when I think officially she was 16. They've now split up, but I think everyone's on good terms. Black China looked around and she said, hmm, what rich man am I going to have another baby with? Am I going to seek out an elderly, infirmed uh, man with money? No, look at Rob Kardashian. He's young. He's available. He is in a vulnerable position. Perhaps he's not elderly, but it's like he is. He has access to the Kardashian fortune. Only his children have the Kardashian surname. And he was without a partner. So Black China moved in fast and hard. Rob was head over heels, fell in love with her. They had a whirlwind romance. And she gave birth to his daughter, Dream Kardashian, who you'll see sometimes in the Kardashian videos. But, you know, ultimately, we don't see Rob a lot. I don't really know what the issue is there. Both fathers of Black China's children have come out to say, that they have custody of the children most of the time. Rob has Dream from Monday to Saturday, and apparently Tyga has King, her son, pretty much that exact same time too. And China always puts online, like, I'm a single mom and no one supports me. It's like, wait, you get a ton of child support from both of us. Your daughter has a Kardashian last name, and we have physical custody of your children most of the time. This is all hearsay. This is alleged. This is stuff online. You know, I'm not hanging out with Black China to check these receipts, but it seems legitimate. Now she's saying she hasn't got any money, and she leveled a loss-of-earning lawsuit against the whole Kardashian family because she alleges that they stopped her reality show, Rob and China, because they felt like Black China was sullying the Kardashian name, which obviously she is and does explicitly again and again. She got 
exactly what she wanted. And I, I just, in a way, I admire her for wanting even more. But unfortunately for China, she, she looked amazing in the trial. All of the courtroom sketches were to die for. Please find them online if you haven't seen them already. But she lost. She was unable to prove that the Kardashians conspired against her to uh, stop her earning. I think she was suing them for something like $30 million to end her television show. But, you know, you can't have a television show when you're not dating Rob anymore anyway. And we know you never loved him. You did what you had to do to get a Kardashian heir, and I respect you for it. But I was happy to see her lose that lawsuit, even though the Kardashian, you know, you should fight for the underdog. Black China versus all these Kardashian women kind of is an underdog. But no, I don't believe that she deserved to win. So that's done, though it was petty. But when someone sues you, what are you going to do? You have to turn up. Uh, So the Kardashians had to participate in that to some extent anyway. The other lawsuit that's going on that I have not commented on yet is Amber Heard um, being taken to court for defamation by her former husband, Johnny Depp. At the beginning of the Me Too movement, if you don't know what's going on, Amber Heard accused Johnny Depp of assault, battery, sexual assault, a bunch of uh, terrible things, and he basically lost quite a lot of income, job opportunities. He was kicked off Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean. He was branded an abuser, and he alleges that these are all false accusations. So now it's taken several years. He's taking his ex-wife to court for defamation, saying she lied about all of this. It's not true. Can she prove it? I don't know. This courtroom is a complete spectacle because they're both actors. So Johnny Depp took the stand first, and Fiona, my makeup artist, was watching this live in the kitchen. She watched every minute of it as though it was Big Brother 2007. I have never watched it live. I've only seen clips on Instagram. Johnny Depp, uh, and you know, I always believe women, but to his credit, he was always really relaxed. He always had really funny answers. And Amber Heard's lawyers are terrible. They um, object to their own questions. And they'll say things like, Johnny, uh, is it true when you came home from work, you poured yourself a mega pint of whiskey? And Johnny will just sit there and go, mega pint? And then the courtroom laughs. He's charming. He's an actor. This is why we will never get to the bottom of the court case. Amber Heard, meanwhile, has been vilified. There are people who stick up for her still and say, no, there was an actual lawsuit brought against Johnny Depp. He was found guilty of assault when all of this happened a few years ago. We can't forget the judgment in this lawsuit. He's charming and he's saying that she lied. Well, the judgment was already made, so you can't say she's a liar. She really does seem like a liar on the stand, though. She seems, um, and I hope that I have not, I'm not saying she is a liar. I hope I've not been manipulated by the fake news media because there are some stories coming out um, that are bad PR for her that aren't true. One of them was that she quoted talented Mr. Ripley in her um, statement, but she didn't. That was all false. You can put anything you want online and people will believe it. They take uh, screen grabs of her face on the stand and she does make some wild facial expressions she was blowing her nose and they said she posed with the tissue for the camera or also someone said when she was blowing her nose you see her suck in she took cocaine while she did that listen my summary as judge catherine on my channel 5 daytime tv show is you'll never be able to tell who's telling the truth with actors because you know my position on them they aren't people they are empty vessels who wait to be given a script And that's the only way they know who to be. So we will never know 
It's just going to be about who has the best lawyer and who is the most manipulative. And if it turns out that the truth comes out, I mean, that will be an accident because that's not what lawyers are trying to find. Everyone's just trying to win regardless of what actually happened. I believe they're both as bad as each other. I believe that they were in a really toxic, weird relationship where a lot of sex parties and drugs and drink and probably violence went down. And I don't think either of them actually recalls the extent of it. And I think sometimes you don't need to air all your dirty laundry in public. You need to wash your hands of a bad relationship like we do in this country. There are very few lawsuits in this country compared to the American judicial system. I was uh, privileged enough to appear on Brandy Glanville's podcast. She is a former cast member of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She was married to an actor called Eddie Cyprian, and he left her for country music star Leanne Rimes. Blue. Remember her? She was a child. She's like American Charlotte Church. Only blue. Yeah, that's why I'm not a country singer. But um, basically, then Leanne Rhymes did some weird stuff where she went to Brandy's plastic surgeon and got like the same tits and sort of, I, don't, I mean, this is just my own personal uh, observation. She sort of tried to morph into Brandy. You can look at old paparazzi photos. I mean, it's very clear. The whole thing was weird. But anyway, Brandy's had. Uh, a difficult time with that in the media. She's an explosive personality on Beverly Hills Housewives. And she remarked, I think on her podcast or perhaps on the show, that someone had poor vaginal hygiene. And that woman sued her for saying so. So how do you take that to court? How do you go to court and say, "Um, Your Honor, she said my pussy stinks and uh, I would now like to spend seven days with uh, lawyers and documents proving that it doesn't. How do you prove that it doesn't? I mean, there's one way, and I don't really feel like the judge is going to consent. They'll sue you for anything in America. In the UK, meanwhile, the most petty lawsuit of them all. Now, there's a great person on Twitter that I started following about this because I think he's the funniest, and he summarizes it very succinctly, that account is Jim Watterson. He is a media editor at The Guardian, and he has to sit in this courtroom for seven days listening to this lawsuit. So the whole thing with Wagatha Christie, I'm sure if you're not from the UK, you will not have known about this. I mean, what, where do you begin? What's the backstory? During the early days of Posh Spice falling in love with David Beckham and attending events in matching denim, pre-Britney Justin, by the way, it was a viable job to be someone's wife, specifically an athlete's wife. We called these wags. We have a similar uh, job role in Canada. It's called Puck Bunny. When you marry an ice hockey player, And I know that they have wives and girlfriends in America. I used to watch a lot of great reality shows about women who were married to American footballers and basketball players and all the drama that they had in their opulent lives. But here in the UK, it's kind of the birthplace of WAGs. So you marry a soccer player, a.k.a. football player, and Colleen Rooney is one of, I suppose, the mother WAGs. She married Wayne Rooney when he was really young. They're childhood sweethearts. I think they have four boys together. I am not going to fact check any of this because it doesn't matter. 
Wayne Rooney, as I understand, is a very talented soccer player, and he had a wild uh, time in his youth where it was pretty much accepted that he was enjoying the company of sex workers and very infamously, I think, slept with a granny. Or, I mean, looking back, she was probably 35. But in the print media, it was like, oh, Wayne Rooney cheats on Colleen yet again, this time with a great, great, great grandma. And the running joke became that Wayne Rooney likes older women, MILFs, GILFs, whatever. I don't know. But at the time, I always did wonder, why is Colleen putting up with this? But I think some people just decide on what kind of lifestyle they're going to have. And they say, well, no, I'm the mother of his children and I'm his wife and we're going to have ups and downs, but this is my position in life. And really, once you've seen Colleen on a few presenting shows with her personality, what else was she going to do, right? Seems like a nice enough girl, not a whole lot about her. She was worried that stories about her personal life were being leaked by an inside source to the papers because she would post something on her personal uh, friends only Instagram and all of a sudden she would see it in the sun the next day. I think she got into some sort of fender bender. She didn't tell anyone but her close friends and then she read about it and a few things happened like that. So very cannily, she started eliminating people from that close friends page. She was like, well, I think I'm just going to leave suspects on there and post a few fake stories and see if I can narrow down which friend is betraying me, who doesn't have the loyalty I thought they did, who's selling all these stories to the papers. So she whittled it down, did a few fake stories. Finally, there was only one account following the close friends private Instagram feed. And that account was the one whom she believed to have leaked this last fake story about a flood. And she treated us all to a reveal. She explained what she had done to all of her millions of followers. And she said, there's only one account that it could be. That account is Rebecca Vardy. And people exploded with petty glee, like, ho, 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 Rebecca Vardy. I don't know. I mean, I know that she's married to a footballer as well. I am going to Google her live in front of us because in the court case, basically, she is saying that she wasn't the one who leaked the info, that Colleen defamed her by suggesting so, and she is bringing the case against Colleen Rooney for defamation. So far in the trial, I mean, it's only been three days. I mean, it really seems like she is absolutely responsible for the leak and other leaks. And their poor husbands just have to sit there in the courtroom with these two wags battling it out. The husbands are like silent, just holding their handbags like, well, why is this my life? But Rebecca Vardy doesn't really seem to be someone who respects privacy. She's talking about uh, musician Peter Andre's penis. I didn't even know that they had slept together. Peter Andre is not an athlete. All right. I'm looking at Rebecca Vardy. I need to know her origin story. She's a Rebecca, by the way, that spells it with a K-A-H. Controversial. She looks like she's had some excellent uh, jawline contouring, really tasteful filler. Oh, she's a model. Aren't they all models? And media personality, she's a year older than me. She's married to English footballer Jamie Vardy. Oh, she was on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, and on Dancing on Ice. Very cool. She's from Norwich, where I did my tour show last night. That would have been useful to know. Personal life. So she was working as a nightclub promoter in 2014, where she met the footballer that she's married to now. They live in the North. They have five children. Oh my gosh. 
And this doesn't say anything about her banging Peter Andre. That's what I really want to know. Well, all right. She was a model on the scene. Fine. Banged Peter Andre allegedly at some point. If you want to know the ins and outs of this trial, I mean, it is a lovely reprieve from the horrible things that are going on in the world. Should these women maybe not shake hands and donate the probably millions of pounds that they're spending on legal fees to a deserving charity? Absolutely. But it's not Colleen. Colleen, again, like the Kardashians, is just turning up because this lawsuit has been leveled against her. So Jim Watterson tweets yesterday, Vardy brought this libel case to deny claims she leaked private stories about Colleen Rooney to The Sun. Today, she acknowledged that her agent had discussed private information about Rooney with The Sun, but insisted it wasn't new, therefore didn't count as a leak. It's all so stupid. And then he reads out some of her texts in the courtroom. She wrote, arguing with Colleen is like arguing with a pigeon. You can tell that you're right and it is wrong, but it's still going to shit in your hair. This kind of stuff is being read out as evidence in a court of law. Rooney's lawyer reads out a WhatsApp sent by Vardy saying, poor Colleen, followed by laughing emojis. Vardy disputes this characterization. I don't know whether they're laughing emojis. Okay, he says, crying with laughter emojis. Vardy says, if I'm being honest, and Rooney's lawyer goes, I would hope you're being honest because you're sitting in a witness box. There was an extensive discussion over whether Vardy described Colleen Rooney as a, quote, nasty bitch in some WhatsApp messages. The barrister says, who's this nasty bitch you're talking about? Vardy goes, I can't recall exactly who it is, but it's definitely not Colleen. The court hears that Colleen Rooney, who is in court listening, blocked Rebecca Vardy from her private Instagram account. This was swiftly noticed by both Vardy and her agent. Agent in a text, babe, has Colleen unfollowed you? Vardy, oh wow, just so, wow, what a cunt, I'm gonna message her. Also, they go back to an interview where Rebecca Vardy talks about, in great detail, Peter Andre's penis and not flattering detail either. So I won't go over that because I think it's really inappropriate. If there were men talking about, you know, unflattering details of a woman's vagina, I wouldn't repeat that. And I actually think it shows the sexism of our culture that we're willing to not only print things about a man's penis but now talk about them again in media and in a courtroom I think it's I think it's bad but the lawyer brought that up and he goes well you you think people are entitled to privacy well why'd you give this interview about Peter Andre's penis and she's like well I was forced to someone made me say that someone made you listen do you know what we need to do is we need to get cameras microphones and my daughter's girl school because this is the kind of petty shit that I can only imagine goes back and forth, back and forth in the headmistress office. And I say to my daughter all the time, we do not pay these people to deal with this bullshit. If I was a teacher and these teenage girls were coming into my office on the regular, when all I'm trying to do is prepare a fucking geography lesson, and they're like, "Eh, excuse me, Anna said this about me? Oh, no, no, Sophia actually is the one who said that? Oh, we can prove it. Look at my text messages. And this is what they do. Because I've been contacted over a few issues um, by the school where they've said, oh, well, we made all the girls hand in their phones. We're looking at the WhatsApp messages, so we're going to get this issue sorted. Not necessarily related to Violet, but, you know, some of these are big scale issues so they tell all the parents and it's like oh for god's sake like why is the high court of england dealing with this mess between what should really be teenage girls in a school but it's grown women mothers of like almost 10 children total 
who are older than me. Get a fucking life, girls. Grow the hell up. And by girls, I mean more Rebecca Vardy than Colleen Rooney. Well, what Colleen Rooney did on Instagram was perfect. I feel like it was petty in the right way. She didn't involve lawyers. And I don't think you're capable of defaming someone who isn't already high standing in like public favor. Do you know what I mean? Like what damages can Rebecca possibly sue for? Like what jobs was she up for before Wagatha Christie that she isn't up for today? It's not as though, oh, we, w- we were going to book you on Dancing on Ice. But then we found out that Colleen Rooney's pissed at you, so we won't. If anything, this whole, well, before now, because I don't know about now, I feel like she's digging herself quite a hole. But pre-trial, I feel like the Wagatha Christie stuff would have only raised Rebecca Vardy's profile. And I mean, I know that it's embarrassing to be called out for something publicly. And I'm sure that there was a time where that sucked. But ultimately, I think her agent should have got her in a room and go, okay, people like Catherine Ryan, a.k.a. the general public, did not know who you were before this. And now they know that Colleen Rooney believes, anyway, that you leaked stories to the media and everyone's had a good laugh. Don't worry, you didn't kill anyone. And great news, there's an offer from Dancing on Ice. Would you like to skate? Great. And capitalize on those opportunities instead of waiting, like, what has it been, three years and dragging your friend to court to prove that you didn't do what it really seems like you did. Ah, uh, yeah, that's all we have to do is start televising high schools. Although, you know, even kids wouldn't want to have this dirty laundry aired because it is so fucking embarrassing. But if you're looking for something fun to read at night, I mean, scroll through Jim Watterson's text for a daily roundup. And you only really have three days left. This is a seven-day trial. So, I mean... I can't wait for the verdict. I can't wait to see what celebrities level petty insults and uh, lawsuits against each other next. In a world where we have real problems, this is a lovely reprieve. Let's listen to some messages from our wonderful sponsors. And when we return, I will be giving you some much needed life advice. I expect to find an email from Rebecca Vardy in the inbox. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Well, start this off with a bang. Catherine, hi. I'm 18, 
and I'm a hospitality apprentice. Where do I start? So first, I'm gay. I've been out since I was in year seven. I've recently turned 18, so downloaded Grindr. Since downloading it, I've met up with a 30-year-old five times for casual sex. But recently, I found myself spending more time with him afterwards. Example, he made me dinner and we watched TV together. I don't know what to do. I definitely don't see myself dating this man. Or do I? He is rich. And it would help me become connected and move forward in my life. Help! Also, I'm starting to hate my job, but everyone there is basically a second family to me, from my boss basically adopting me, and one of the chefs becoming the closest thing I have to a father figure. But things are starting to go downhill at the hotel, and I don't want my standards to drop. Help! Do I stay or do I go? I have the ambition to move forward. Well, listen, it is not right to date someone simply because you feel like they could improve your uh, financial situation and professional prospects, gay black China. You don't want to be beholden to this man because, I mean, already there's a power imbalance if he's rich and he's over a decade older than you are. I think sometimes that's okay if one of you is like 30 and one of you is 40, but you've just turned 18. A 30-year-old who is well-established professionally, um, probably well-educated, a 30-year-old who wants to have sex with you, there's going to be an element where he wants to dominate you as well. Um, Either, you know, physically or emotionally or intellectually. I just don't like it. I don't think that it's a safe thing to do to remove yourself from a community that you've said you found safety in because this seems like the easier way out. And I think not to disparage Gen Z, because I know you guys have had to survive lockdown and you have a very different life to what I had when I was 18, but um, you're, you don't go to work to be comfortable. You're not supposed to have a great time at your job all the time, especially not when you're an apprentice, especially not when you're 18. You are there to be a bitch. You are there to learn and to suffer a little bit, reasonably, legally, and it's not going to be easy every day and you're not going to earn a lot of money right away because you're an apprentice. So I think if you have good people around you, I would not put all my eggs in one basket and leave all of that to be financially dependent on a 30-year-old man you met on Grindr. I think if it's safe and you're having fun, you can keep spending time with him. But I really don't like a man that old having sex with a newly legal teenager. I don't like it at all. And you don't want to isolate yourself from everything that you know and love and that nourishes you. This job is going to be shit for a while. What do you mean you don't want your standards to drop? If things are going downhill at the hotel, I mean, you are not, you know, if you want to be a grown up, You don't have to fuck a 30-year-old. You can initiate a team meeting and go, look, I love you, my boss, for basically adopting me. Chef, you're like a father figure to me. My friends are here, but, you know, I'm noticing that I want this hotel to run better. I know I'm only an apprentice, but, like, can I pick up some slack? What if we do this? What if we do that? In a respectful way, maybe you can make things better at the hotel. Or maybe you're just going to have to stick it out for a while, learn what you can learn, and then gracefully move on. It doesn't say how long you've been working there. But yeah, you know, I was a waitress. I was a bartender. I worked at Hooters. Sometimes your job sucks.
Um, you should not be sucking off a grown, grown man, though. Ooh, Catherine, am I the asshole? Father's Day edition. My son's father has not been a part of our lives since I was pregnant. We tried for 10 months to conceive, and two weeks after finding out I was pregnant, he left me for our best friend's neighbor and relapsed. He reached out a month ago, after six years of no contact, to say he was in rehab and was going to send child support. He wished me a happy Mother's Day for the first time ever. My friend commented how sweet that was, and she said I should be sending him a card for Father's Day. I immediately said, absolutely fucking not. She seemed taken aback and made a couple snide comments, then dropped it. Am I the asshole for not wanting to acknowledge his existence on Father's Day? He's never met my son, he's never had any contact, and until recently, never paid any child support either. I don't feel that he's entitled to a card, let alone a text on Father's Day, because frankly, he hasn't been a father, just a really annoying sperm donor. My friend has told me to be the bigger person, but I disagree. I'm unsure if hurt is clouding my judgment and I would love an outsider's perspective. Absolutely fucking not. You did the right thing. This man does not deserve... It's, so, when you are co-parenting with someone, be it an ex, an enemy, someone you love and still want to be with, someone you hate, it doesn't matter. That is when you need to dig deep and become a bigger person to facilitate that dynamic for your child. If the parent of your, the, whatever you want to call him, sperm donor of your child has no contact with your child, then you don't have to worry about maintaining any good terms. Fuck him. Oh, but Catherine, he's an addict. He's in rehab now trying to get better. All right, we'll see. I wouldn't send him a Father's Day card. And I think that it is audacious that your friend, after everything that you've been through, I'm assuming she has seen everything that you've been through in the last decade, thinks, oh, you know, he, he needs a Father's Day card. Reach out to him. Fuck off. Unless that's going to help you or your son in any way. And by the way, it isn't helping your son to like, coax a relationship from this man by you know oh maybe if I send him a father's day card then he'll feel more of a connection with my son and he'll he'll be doing better in rehab and he'll come and he'll visit my son you're not responsible for that you are not responsible at all for whatever their relationship becomes in your son's adolescence that is down to your son when he's older and his father and maintenance and contact are two different things. I have never received child support, um, though my daughter has a very great open relationship. She can ring her dad up whenever she wants and vice versa. And I always speak about him in a positive light. And that's what's best for my daughter. So just because this man is now sending maintenance, that is a legal expectation. It doesn't mean that he's entitled to contact. You don't have to let your son see him unless and until you, as his sole guardian, are totally confident that that type of contact is in your son's interest. It has no relation to money. Money and contact are 100% separate in the courts and just in like morality, separate. Father's Day card, my God. For who? Like, who's she doing this for? She thinks, I just can't even get my head around if she thinks it's in your son's interest in the future or if she thinks that you'd be helping this man somehow, I don't know what I would do. I think I would just say, I mean, at 10 years old, I don't really know where your son is emotionally, but my daughter at 10 was basically like a 25-year-old. I would just say, 
I mean, is he aware of his dad? I would say, oh, you know, you've never met your dad, but he was really sick for a really long time. And it's frustrating because sometimes people don't understand that type of sickness and it can feel really hurtful. It can feel like he didn't want to see us, but he was really sick, but now he's trying to get better. And one day when he's better, he would like to start being our friend. And maybe we can write him letters sometimes, or maybe how would you feel about him coming to visit if he gets better? Um, that's what I would say. I think Father's Day card, fuck off. Oh, this makes me sad right away. Practical help, please. Husband considering leaving. I mean, I haven't even read the email. This guy sounds like a prick. Husband considering leaving. I just want you to know, um, throwing it out there. I am considering ending this relationship. Um, Depends on how things go over the next few weeks, but it's being considered. Just so you know, you're under review. I hope this letter is better than I'm expecting it to be. Catherine, after being very quiet for a few months, I asked my husband some very direct questions, and he told me he hasn't been happy for at least a year. He didn't want to tell me because he thought I'd be angry, and he knows he's lucky to have me, but he still feels lost and overwhelmed. As background, we've been together for 15 years, married for 10 with a six-year-old and a four-year-old. I realize that nothing my husband said is fair, unfair or untrue. We don't have enough time for each other. Life is a bit of a grind. I flip between sadness at the changes that might happen in our life and anger. As I worked part-time for years to do the best for our family, which enabled him to recently land a very high-paid job. And if he finds things hard, imagine how I find things when I do way more childcare and house admin. My husband's a good man, and we've made a conscious effort to make more time for each other, and I feel like he's happier now that he's started talking about his feelings, go figure. We're trying to make this work, but we've also had lots of chats about logistics. He has said that if we decide to separate, he'd pay for me and the kids to stay in the family home, and he knows that he'd have to transfer half his stock options, pension, and other assets to me. However, although things are friendly now, I'm worried that I don't know what my actual rights are and that feelings might change if you meet someone down the line. Yes, usually. Yes. So what do I do? Should I speak to a family lawyer at a great expense? Do you have a friend that you could call for some good advice, please? Oh, so I think it's really bad for you mentally to live in purgatory with someone who doesn't want to live with you. Or isn't sure they want to live with you. Do you know what I mean? And the hold, the tighter you hold on, then the more he's going to pull away. I really have tried to put myself in your shoes because already I understand that men, not all men, all men get overwhelmed more easily than we do. I work like a fucking mule and it puts Bobby in a difficult position because if he feels overwhelmed, he can't really say it to me. Because how can you tell me that you're overwhelmed when I'm like basically a dynamo? So that's not to say that he isn't entitled to feel lost or, you know, whatever your husband's saying. Just because you're better at multitasking than he is and you've taken on more than he has, it doesn't change the fact that he's struggling. Do you know what I mean? And I've had to have that chat with myself in my own marriage, be like, okay, it doesn't matter what I've been through. You have to, when someone's in a crisis, turn to them and go, okay, I'm your wife, so how can I support you? Instead of going, well, I did this and I did this yesterday. Having said that, I can honestly tell you that if Bobby turned around to me tomorrow and said, I'm not really happy, I haven't been happy for a year, I think we should separate, I would stand up and pack his bag. I'd be like, go, 
get out as soon as you can. Not in a nasty way, but I'd be like, just leave right away. That's the best thing you can do. Go. If that's how you feel, we, you don't need to be in my house. Go. Respectfully, with all of the love in the world, let me know what your plans are for seeing the kids this week. Get out. Because I just think, first of all, he'll respect you for saying that. And he might even find it really like sexy if, if it's your, your wish to hold on to him. You don't want to hold on to this version of him. What a fucking dweeb. What a whiny scrub. Um, and I think you'll just build resentment if you carry on living in the same house. So I'd be like, all right, I understand. I think what's best is for you to leave ASAP. ASAP. And um, don't fight. Don't talk about it anymore. Um, it's nice that he's talked about the logistics. Try to get that in writing if you can. I don't know exactly what your rights are, but I would say that in this country, you've been together so long and you have two children that you would absolutely be entitled to um, your fair share. The only time that doesn't really work out is when the other person starts to hide what they have or lie about what they have or make it really difficult or try to um, have the kids more often so they have to pay less. You know, it's it can get tricky with dishonesty. But I think if you leave this all in good terms and go get out, he might be like, whoa, and then see what it's like. He'll have to live in his own decision because right now everything's the same for him. And he's just going, well, I think I'm bored. I don't know if I'm happy. Get him out. And then if in his fucking bachelor pad, he uh, implodes with grief and goes, what the hell did I do? I had a lovely family and now I'm all alone and I'm eating like microwave meals and I can't see my children as often as I want. Like maybe then he'll learn to talk about his feelings more and put the work in. Maybe not, but I really think that's the only way to find out. If someone wants to walk out of your life, let them go, even if it's just to get them back. All right, I'm going to read this email because I get this email several times a week and I reply sometimes, you know, privately, but I'm going to reply publicly. Um, Catherine, I had a baby at 19 with an English person and moved to England a bit before ultimately raising him on my own back in Canada. So we have something in common. Anyway, please don't get offended by this. I'm only asking because I just had a friend go through it and hearing you say on your latest podcast that you don't always feel the best, probably from lupus, it just made me so sad for you. Have you considered getting your implants taken out for your autoimmune issues? I have a friend who also has lupus and had implants since 20. She's 40 now. She's been so sick for the last few years. Lots of days not being able to get out of bed, etc. She's in great shape, takes care of herself, and very nutrition-focused too. Nothing was working. So she got her implants taken out six months ago and feels 100% better. No more lupus. No more autoimmune symptoms. She keeps saying it was the best decision she's ever made and she has so much energy for her twin boys now. I know you've probably done lots of research already, but I just wanted to tell you her story. Yes. So I know lots of people who feel, and it makes sense that when you have foreign bags of silicone in your body, that your body might react against those with an autoimmune response. I get that. I really don't think that's what's happening with me. And the reason is because even before I was diagnosed with lupus, I had lupus, um, so I remember going in for blood tests, pre-op blood tests before getting my breast implants. They have to check that you haven't got HIV. They have to check that you're well and healthy. And in several blood tests over the years, even as a teenager, I had almost no white blood cells. My red blood cells were stacking like coins, uh, which is actually called Hughes syndrome, I think. Um, 
and I had markers for lupus, but they were not diagnosed. All the doctors were like, oh, that's weird. You have no white blood cells. Well, maybe you're just sick this week. And I was like, mm, I never have white blood cells. When? Like looking back, all of my blood tests always showed lupus. They just weren't checking for it. And also, I'm someone with lupus who feels amazing compared to most people with lupus. Selena Gomez had a kidney transplant and lots of people really suffer. They're on dialysis, they get chemo, this and that. I am basically symptom-free. Um, so I really don't think that my implants are contributing. But, I mean, I will get them out at some point, I think. Only because they're so emblematic of the early 2000s. You know, like a lower back tattoo or a fucking belly ring. I don't think implants are like, I don't know. I, I just think they're so so over. Um, but I'm breastfeeding, so I can't really do any surgery on my boobs right now. When the time comes, I think I will get them out, though not for that reason, because I really don't think it's related to lupus. But how amazing would it be if I got them taken out and all of a sudden I got better? That would be great. And if you're struggling and you have breast implants, I mean, maybe that's you. Something to think about. That's all the time we have for today on Telling Everybody Everything. Please write me an email, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I'm sure you follow me on socials. If you don't, that is at Cathbum. I have a book available um, to listen to as an audiobook, Kindle, real book coming out in paperback this summer for those of you who don't like to have a giant hardback book in your purse. That book is called The Audacity. I am on tour until November all around the UK and Europe. I have dates in Oslo and the Netherlands and France and other places. I am this weekend, uh, Norwich last night, too late to see that, Swansea tonight, Torquay tomorrow. There are still tickets left in Torquay. And listen, I'm driving back and forth to these places, so if I go all the way to Torquay and it is not a sellout, I'm going to be very disappointed. So please, if you live around there and you would like to come and you haven't seen the show or you have seen it and you'd like to see it again, I will see you Saturday night. Until then, please look after each other. I'll see you next week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com